This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Impact of Influence The Murdoch Family Murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. So grateful you spend time with us. Always super appreciative. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker is here. Impact of Influence is on Facebook under that title, Impact of Influence. Also, you will see links to the YouTube channel, which uh, we're trying to get up and running slowly but surely. Although some of us aren't happy with the angles that it's being shot at. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm going to be on a really big diet on the, in the new year. I'm just saying. Uh, we uh, we're so we're, we're working our way through that. So uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That uh, will help us get noticed by the YouTube algorithm. So when people type in Impact of Influence, it'll show up. But we need a certain amount of subscribers before that happens. Uh, and, of course, subscribe to this uh, podcast and join the Facebook group and share and rate and do all that with the episode. And our thanks to uh, Evergreen. We are now part of the Evergreen Podcast family. Now, let's get to uh, some things we need to talk about. Where do you want to start, Miss Seaton? Let's talk about our last episode. We interviewed Lori Murray, who goes by Lawyer Lori on TikTok, and Neil Gordon, who was Becky Hill, the Kirk of Court in Colleton County's co-author, reached out to me after that interview, and he was not happy with some of the things that she said in the interview and was, I guess, upset that we didn't give him the opportunity to respond, so... We decided, okay, yeah, we're going to give you the opportunity to respond. And, or you missed the last episode. Let's refresh you on some of those details. It was lawyer Lori, in a nutshell, breaking down a complaint that was filed about Becky Hill uh, that was, was filed against her, and she got a copy of it and broke it down on TikTok, more or less. Uh, and Neil Gordon, who wrote the book with Becky Hill, and his wife is the photographer of the book, were mentioned a few times in that. And we should say, when Lori was doing her TikTok, she was reading from a complaint that she received that was filed with the Ethics Commission. Right. And and and, and uh, the, since that time, that leak is everywhere. We have it. It's News has it. Others have it. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. So when, uh, at one point, the question was, well, who's your source? Who's your source? You don't have to have a source now. <laughs> it's everywhere on the internet. You're right? you, you know what I mean? It's out there. And you appeared with Neil and Lori and on uh, Court TV with yes. Benny Politan. And yes. it was pretty it was pretty uh heated. It was. Uh I didn't really have a chance to say too much. Justifiably so. They're the ones who had a lot going on and uh Vinny kind of let them do their thing. And so it got pretty heated i guess at one point and i've seen it talk uh you know written about in the, the 
the Daily Beast. Um, I think the UK uh, Daily Mirror had it. Times might have had it. Um, and throughout it, I mentioned as a, a Murdoch podcaster. Eating popcorn. Which, I mean, that's enjoying all, it. <laughs> that's all you could really do was eat popcorn because, I mean, it was it, they were going at it. Neil was upset that uh, some of the things in this complaint yeah. that were said about his wife, uh, he says they're not true. And um, actually, I think he used Will Smith as a reference. Oh, he did. Point. He said um, he said on the Court TV show, and I wish we sort of thought about this in this interview we have coming up. He said, as Will Smith said, and he says to Lori Murray, get my wife's name out of your mouth. And uh, that was not exactly the virtuous hero you should be holding up at this moment I still, as will I mean, smith went up and punched rick chris rock that was that him. was a tough that was uh, uh, uh that was a tough uh oscars was oscars right yeah it was oscars to, yeah to watch yes. but um i guess another podcast was taking a shot at me too and somebody even wrote about it how can you know you be taking it so lightly with all these victims because it's not really about the victims, and really, I mean, it's it's. I'm sure that he feels his wife's been wronged. I'm sure if Becky Hill, it's a problem. But I was just that the way that they were going back and forth. I, I had nothing else to do, so I just kind of pantomime like I'm watching a a little fight go down. And uh, of course, it's all serious. So I don't mean to mock it, but it, it just seems some of the things that were being said were silly to me. I tuned in. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> and like, I did have popcorn and a glass yeah. of wine. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I had one on the side after a while. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So that's uh, where this came from. And then Neil uh, Gordon reached out, wanted his side to be told. So here is our interview with Neil Gordon, uh, the co-author of Behind the Doors of Justice with Clerk of Court Becky Hill and his wife Melissa Gordon, who was the photographer for the book. Last episode, we had Lawyer Lori on, and I heard from y'all after you were not happy about some of the things that she said on our last episode. So we thought we'd bring you in, give you a chance to respond to some of those things. So let's just start off with Melissa. One of the allegations that was made was that you got kind of a special treatment to get into the courthouse by Becky Hill and that you attended all 30 days of the trial. Is that true? No, it is not true. I was at the trial for four days. Were they consecutive, like at the end, or were they sporadic throughout the? No, um, they were broken up. We we did it one time, and then we went back and did it another time. So I think it was maybe two days in a row, and then the second time we went to the trial, it was two days, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And you were the photographer for, and, and your husband was the co-author of a book with Becky Hill, which is called Behind the Doors of Justice. And tell us about how you met Becky and how this whole process to decide to write the book evolved. Okay. I went down to, of course, the trial. And when I saw what was going on, I mean, you guys, I'm pretty sure you were there at some point, right? You saw yeah. that. I did. Yeah. We took a selfie, Matt, actually. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so I was um, overwhelmed at the amount of media there. So I just photojournalistically started documenting what was around me. And um, one day in particular, I believe it was um, uh, March 1st, maybe. 
I think it was March 1st. Yeah. Um, the day, the day that the jurors were going to Moselle, um, how it worked. And I don't know if y'all noticed any of how it worked in line since you were media, but you would go, um, super early. So we would get there really early, stand in line. They would pass out these little uh, pieces of paper with numbers, with a number on it, because there's so many seats or whatever. And so we would wait until we had our numbers. And then once we had our numbers, whoever you were in line with would secure your spot, so to speak. So we would take turns going to the car and getting our phones or checking texts and things of that nature. So it was my turn to go check, check in, make sure school hadn't called or anything like that. And um, I saw something going on at the corner. Um, there was a lot of media at one of the corners and um, there were some agents out there um, and I thought, I wonder what's going on. So I grabbed my camera out of the back of the car and my cell phone and I turned my video on um, just, you know, to pan around because um, I didn't know what I would do with any of this content. It was just amusing to me that all this was going on. So I wanted to document it. It's what I do. So I saw the media all there and I think um, I thought, well, let me grab everything. I walked up. And the camera people that I was speaking to um, said the jury was about to go to Moselle. And I said, well, what are the rules? Because I wasn't there as a journalist, per se. Um, and they said, well, just stand in between the red lines. Don't take pictures of the jurors. And I was like, OK. So I had my phone recording and I was trying to decide well, what to take a photo of. So um, this lady had walked up and walked across and I recognized her from being in the courtroom some. And um, I said, hello. And then I realized that I thought it was a lady who had let in somebody I knew um, from Edgefield because her son had won something um, at his school. And I said, are you the lady who um, allowed a student to come in? To, and she said, oh, yes, yes. I said, okay. I was like, wow. And we conversed for a second. And she said, what I'm really over here for, though, is are you with him? And it was a, a gentleman who had his phone on and was talking. I don't know if he was FaceTiming. I don't know if he, he seemed to be recording something. And so I said, no, I'm not with him. His shirt says he's with the press, but I'm not sure about that. But I am not with him. She said, well, that's what I'm over here to find out. So um, I said, oh, okay. And so she walked about, I guess, to talk with him. I really didn't pay attention. Um, and then before she left, we did a selfie. And she was like, send that to me. To be honest, I'm a talker. And I felt like that was kind of her way of let's do a selfie. Like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> uh, so I felt like it was just kind of her way of being kind and shooing me along. Um, but um, she did instruct me. I said, you know, I'm really worried. You know, what are the rules here? She said, do not take any photos or video of the jurors' faces. Um, you know, if you want, you are on a public, you know, walkway. So we, you know, you have, you know, you can photograph from a public, you know, walkway. So um, she said, just make sure that, you know, maybe you can get a picture of the the bottom of the van or something. <laughs> she was trying to be kind. And I said, well, thank you. And I sent her the picture. And before she walked off, I said, so you're Becky, right? And she said, yes. And that's how we met. 
March 1st at 9.04 a.m. And so at that point, you're just meeting. You're not, there's no discussion of a book or anything at that point. Yeah. If anything was discussed, um, you know, it was just, I didn't know what I was going to do with all my content. What is your background? Are you, I know you uh, were the photographer for the book, but do you have a background in journalism and photography? Um, I'm a professional photographer. I have a studio here in Augusta. Um, and um, I love storytelling. It's what I do. And of course, I've watched my husband do it, you know, in a different in a different way. Um, so it was just in me to do some kind of personal project. You know, you get go through the monotony of regular photo sessions and love your clients, but you know, your soul still burns to go and photograph something in the low country is a beautiful place to do it. So myself, along with um, a fellow photographer of mine, Addie, who's one of my dearest friends who does a lot of landscape work, we thought we'll go down there, try to get into the trial and we'll photograph the low country. It's been a while since we've been. So we thought, man, we could do it. When we saw all the media, it was like, man, we could do a coffee table book to document the circus out here. That. But that had nothing to do with Becky. That was that was me um, and Addie just talking as photographers. So when does the actual discussion begin with Becky about an actual book about the trial? Uh, that was later in March when I found out that she had been thinking about writing it. After the verdict? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about one of our sponsors. It is Factor. You can eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh meal is never frozen and is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, uh, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, and they are ready in just two minutes. What did you have chili the other day? Delicious. And if you want gourmet meals, you can try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, asparagus. So head to factormeals.com slash impact 50 and use code impact 50 five oh to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next box that codes impact 50 at factormeals.com slash impact 50 to get 50 percent off your first box and 20 percent off your next box while your subscription is active impact 50 at factormeals.com slash impact 50 to get 50 percent off your first box and 20 percent off your next box while your subscription is active. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, let's bring your, your husband in, but I want to, you had the press release and the complaint that you filed uh, against lawyer Lori uh, as an officer in the court of South Carolina. You talk about vulgarity uh, that she used uh, and stuff she said on our Impact of Influence podcast that she received a leaked copy of an ethics complaint against Collington County Court, Clerk of Court, Becky Hill. Uh, and you say that Murray refused to tell the host the source of the leak. 
The ethics complaint is not public record and is only supposed to be released at the conclusion of the review in which Becky Hill has a chance to respond to allegations. I believe Murray has violated the state bar code of conduct and officer of the court by divulging this information during ongoing investigation and then her behavior is unbecoming of an esteemed professional. And uh, you talk about all the followers she has and you talk about uh, you had 1,000 comments about her one-sided rant. And there's three main accusations after that, but neither of you are in trouble, right? I'm not, you, there's, you are not in trouble in any way, shape or form. So are you doing this on behalf of Becky filing this, uh, complaint? No, no, Matt, not at all. Um, you know, my background's in, in TV news and I was, uh, the, the the moniker I had back in the day was troubleshooter. I did investigative reporting, and I when I saw something that wasn't right, it's actually how I met how I met Melissa. When I saw something that wasn't right, I tried to fix it, and so I just felt like um, the way that she spoke uh, about Melissa and the way that. She conducted herself uh, 15 cuss words in a four or five minute uh, range. I just thought the oath that she took, I mean, the, the South Carolina bar cannot approve of an attorney um, doing that. In fact, I, I'm trying to look this up now, but there's such a thing as um, uh, civility of um, – Oath of civility, it's called, and I'll just I'll just quickly uh, read this to you. The civility of oath requires attorneys to act civil to all members of the bar and to the public in general at all times and not bring disrepute to the practice of law. So since I filed my complaint, since I sent out a press release to the various media folks, she has responded as she, which is fair. And she has said, what I do in my own time is irrelevant. I'm not in court. It's freedom of the speech, freedom of first amendment, right? And I can say whatever I, I want. And I contend according to the South Carolina bar, that is the furthest thing from the truth. Okay. But to be fair, and so the, I mean, other, you're not really upset that she cursed because there's plenty. I'm sure you could find lots of attorney that cursed and cursing is in the ear of the beholder, I guess. You're mad about what she either said about your wife or Becky or something, because if she had just cursed because she's cursed for she's been doing this TikTok thing for forever. You never complained about the cursing before. So this isn't about the cursing. So we can let's try to put that aside because that's kind of disingenuous. No, I, I didn't know. It's not disingenuous, man. I disagree. It's the first time I had ever seen her. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm old school. I'm 60 years old. I don't know what TikTok, I still don't know what TikTok is. Me neither. Will, I don't really will either. Tell you. Yeah. But what I'm saying I, is cursing, I mean, cursing, uh, okay, she cursed, you know, uh, but you, she wouldn't have come to your attention. You're mad at her about some things she said. That's what I'm trying to get to because certainly not the whole basis is that you don't want, you, you want to report every attorney that's ever cursed on Instagram or TikTok. You'd be, you could be going for days filing uh, things. So we need to get no, to what the real think, issue is. I I think it's too I I think it's twofold. On a personal level, I was upset 
that she took 90 seconds to lump my wife into a number of allegations that were made by someone whose name was redacted. And Matt, I would just say, I really appreciate that you asked her who her source was and who that person was. Do you remember asking yeah, her on yes, your show? Yes. And, and let's get to I, that. And she, and she refused. She didn't give her source, but I mean, she... I think what she's saying is it it wasn't in her realm as an attorney. I think that was more probably kind of a journalistic uh, avenue that she was taking with this TikTok, and she was allowed to protect her source. And it's everywhere now. I mean, it's everywhere out there. She's not the only one that has it. I mean, we have it. But here's yeah, we why have I it have too. a problem. We have but it. Here's why Cruz I have has a it. problem with her uh, using a source whose name was redacted. In my opinion. It's extremely important who that person is because all that all that she did was parrot what was on a complaint that was filed. Mm -hmm. The problem was we don't know if that person is uh, um, somebody that's friends with Jim and Dick. We don't know if it's a disgruntled employee. We don't know uh, if that person um, is related somehow in the line of the Murdochs. We don't know who that is. Well, and that's, abs and that's absolutely fair. That's completely fair to bring up who filed these complaints. And I think that's why an investigation will happen. But yeah, to your point, it's it, it could absolutely be someone who has some sort of vendetta against Becky or right. is Team Murdoch. We we don't know. But two things point. could be true. Yeah. The person could be uh, be hurt by Becky or the system or whatever. And it could be true. Or should, they could be hurt or have a bone to pick and it not be true. But, um, Lori, I mean, we, we have the, she's not the only one that has it is the, is the problem I'm having with you saying she didn't admit it, but all the sources have released that complaint. It's everywhere. And, but would there have right. also been a lot of rumors about this being a disgruntled employee or maybe yeah. possibly somebody who wanted to take Becky's yeah. position or, or there, we've heard lots of different things. Yeah, so things get leaked all the time about that kind of thing. But uh, to your point, that is tr all those things you said were true. And like I said, two things could be true or two things false or whatever the case may be. Um, so, so here's the problem with specifically um, by doing that and just put parroting what was out there and putting it out there. I know because my wife was home with me 26 of the 30 days. And I know that I took care of our 10 year old daughter for four days. God's honest truth. That's what we have said from the beginning. And that is true. Mm -hmm. She was just there four days. So, so for her, and she was aware of that because she watched all the press reports. She had the opportunity to reach me just like, um, the fellow from Fitz News had the opportunity to get our perspective. But to put that out there, 30 days, special treatment, she got to bring her camera in, take videos, get video of, of, of Alex and all this sort of stuff is blatantly false. So if that is false, that leads me to believe that these other issues need to be checked out because they don't have their facts straight on something basic. And she didn't use the word allegedly in that 90-second soliloquy about my wife. It was fact. She just went out. If you, if you listen back to it, 
And you can put, you know, I don't know if you can put that on the air. There's a lot of F-bombs in there. Maybe you can beep it. She just threw up as if it was true, and it's not true. So that's number one. And then on a bigger picture, I don't think it's appropriate for somebody who is an officer of the court who took an oath of civility to F-bomb this and F-bomb that. I think it's a privilege to be an attorney. You can't just put your shingle out there. You have to pass the bar exam. You have to live by the civility of oath. It's extremely important. And I, I, I think she's given a black eye to hardworking attorneys like Justin Bamberg and Eric Bland and the state and even the prosecution. Uh, if, if you want, you know, some people feel they did a good job and that's fine. You know, they're talented attorneys. When, when she does this, I think it's highly inappropriate. I certainly didn't like how she got it wrong with my wife. And I certainly don't think she's representing herself. Well, I mean, you're, it's, it's fair for you to make attorney. the complaint, but to me, you don't like the language, but what is, that's kind of your personal taste of whether you like language or not. I'm a, I'm a, I curse like a sailor, but so that to me, that is, I, I don't think if you curse in your own time and a, on a thing that that has anything to do with how good of or bad of an attorney you are. But, and the thing about, uh, just to push back a little bit, if you're, if she's reading what's on the report the same way as Fitz News does, they're just saying what is reported in this complaint. They're not necessarily saying it's true. This is what's alleged. This is what's alleged. We're reading this. We're reading this, right? No, I was just going to say, let me tell you what a really good broadcaster does. Or even, you know, I know you don't necessarily, Matt, when you, when you do radio, necessarily cover hard news. I haven't listened, so I don't know. But I would be willing to bet you would look at a story and you would process it in your mind. You would ask yourself questions. You would put it into context before you just randomly read it. And so you have somebody like Lori, who, by the way, in fairness to her, has almost a perfect 5.0 score on Google by her clients. That is because she is processing information. She's careful about her research. And when she comes in court, she has her you-know-what together, to use her words. And she does a very excellent job. And my contention is... If you get behind a microphone, even though it's the wild, wild west on TikTok and hear what we're doing on YouTube and podcasts, even though it's not regulated by the FCC like a radio station or a television station is, you owe it to the people who are listening that you're not lazy, that you do your work and you try to determine if something is fair or not and not just crucify it. How about even just trying to reach out to Becky's attorneys and saying, hey, is this true? I mean, just to put we that out we there, don't know if that it's lazy. I'm sorry. Um, the big question is. Yeah, what- the, the, the big question. Let's go back to what, one of the allegations in this ethics complaint that was filed against Becky Hill was about uh, a picture that was taken of Alec Murdoch while he was in the holding cell. And I think. Um, you take issue with your wife did not take this picture. I mean, Melissa, you probably can address it. Did you take the picture of Alec Murdoch in the holding cell? 
I did not take that photo. Where did you get it? It was sent to me by a source. Okay. 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 So yeah, you're not going to say the source, right? I'm not because, and I'll tell you why I don't want to speak to it because I have a little more reverence and respect for the hardworking people who are trying to investigate this. And anything that is a current investigation that's ongoing, I'm not going to speak to. Okay. Would you turn that information over to an investigator or did you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you did or you will? I will. If they ask for it. I'm an open book. Absolutely. So as a member of the media, I was not allowed to take in a cell phone as the general public was not either. I think only members of the bar were allowed to have phones. Was that was this the case for you as well? Oh, I never took my cell phone, electronic device, video camera. I don't think they wouldn't even let you have a watch. Um, during that trial, I never had any of those items with me. All that was had had to be left in the car. Um, as a matter of fact, they even made me dump out my Werther's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I took my Werther's in. I didn't yeah, know those were illegal. It. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody was contraband. I was smuggling in contraband. You're I'm evil, Seton. Oh, no. Don't come well, get me. Well, I, they were allowing it for a while, but I think somebody was um, putting gum on the seats or something is what I was saying. <laughs> oh, no. They made me dump all my candy out, so I didn't even get to take candy in. How's that? How has... This controversy and ethics complaint against Becky Hill affected your ability to promote your book and sales. Well, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Okay. Melissa may also want to chat about it. Just really out of um, respect for the process, we've, we suspended um, any media interviews about the book, any book signings, any speaking engagements for Becky. We suspended that. Um, right after the press conference, actually, uh, uh, September the 5th. So there's been no formal promotion of Behind the Doors of Justice now. As we're reporting this, ironically, it is December the 6th. So it's been about two months to the day. We've done no promotions. Um, and I don't mind break. I'm just going to throw out one number and people tell me I shouldn't be so specific, but... <laughs> I will tell you that the day after the press conference, when I did a lot of interviews to try to have some degree of fairness with what Dick and Jim said, we sold 1,100 books, 1,100 units. Um, and we're, we're, we're hardly selling any books right now. We do sell every day, but we're hardly selling any. Um, and it's, it's spiked a little bit because of, uh, this whole thing with, with what Lori did and what Fitz News did. And so I've come back on and, uh, shared our perspective on it and it's, it's, it's come up a little bit, but it's, uh, we've taken a hit over the last couple of months and we're anxious for the process, the due process to be finished. And then uh, Becky, we believe, will be cleared. And when Becky has an opportunity uh, to speak and tell her side of the story about um, a lot of the things that are going on, a lot of these accusations, to your point, that are from people that perhaps, um, uh, you know, want to see things turn out a certain way. We think that people will really want to be interested 
in what Becky had to say in Behind the Doors of Justice and that it will help us eventually. Well, thank you guys for joining us and thank you for letting us push back a little bit against you. That was uh, fair and kind to each other and I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. And we will uh, hopefully talk again at some point soon when things clear up. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you guys. Thank you for allowing us to have a voice. Thank, thank you, you, Matt and Seen. Continued, continued success and uh, appreciate your your fair dialogue. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. All right. There you go. I'm still a bit confused about the whole civility of oath that he states, because I don't even know how you would know that. I mean, unless another attorney said, why don't you tr throw this at her? Because I, it's entertainment to me. And I've heard lots of attorneys curse in my day. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it seems weird that that isn't protected by the First Amendment. I don't get offended by profanity, yeah. but some people do. Or just so. don't listen. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to watch the TikTok. No rule about that. So anyway, we'll see how that uh, plays out. And I do want to say, because we always get all these comments about us being in one camp or another, we have an open platform. And I really enjoyed interviewing Neil and Melissa, as well as Lori Lori. We, we invite everybody who is a player in this whole saga to come on and talk to us. Yes, the, the podcast door at Dwayne's Groove Shack is wide open. Uh, just to reach out to us on Impact of Influence Facebook page or even Matt Harris Podcast at gmail.com. You know, sometimes we're a little slow to get to you, but if it's if you've got something to say that's time Especially sensitive, this time of year, <laughs> yeah, yes, right, right, it's not gonna happen quickly. Okay, you got a listener comment. Oh yeah, so this was this was an interesting one. We've got a couple of reviews on Apple, and one said, "Did I get? Oops, did I get Matt and Joe mixed up? Sorry, I wasn't sure what that meant." Was it a good review though? They gave us five stars. Okay, so cool. I mean, that was I, we did get an oh brother and ridiculous. That was those were not good ones. But <laughs> um, well, maybe they had a previous comment that either disparaged me, thinking it was Joe, or vice versa. Uh, Lynn, I think this is from Spotify, says uh, you just allowed McCullough to come on your podcast and claim the prosecution re-explained the crime just for cameras, and you agreed. How is hearing about the victims a bad thing? Uh, well, then what I and Joe, I agreed with Joe on was that was not hearing about the victims. That was hearing about how Alec committed the crimes, which he already has entered into record multiple times. This was, I thought, supposed, my opinion, and, and I guess Joe agrees, was a hearing to, or a sentencing to allow the victims to speak and how Alec had wronged them and how he affected them and speak to Alec. So I thought taking all the time up to explain the technical things that Alec did didn't seem necessary. Neither Joe nor I, and Joe definitely said that the victims deserved to speak. And to be fair, we had just heard that speech because we follow this so closely True. the week before. So maybe some people had not heard that and they appreciated hearing what all went into that. So yeah, that was, that, that was worthwhile for some people to listen to. For me, being there, the most impactful part of the day was hearing from the victims because those were the people we had not heard from before. Right. And to, and to be clear, in case Lynn or others were confused, Joe said he 100% wanted the victims to speak. Yeah. He made that very clear that they should speak. 
Uh, Greg- and Joe, you know, it was yeah. funny. I saw something else on social media. Joe was actually very critical of Alec Murdoch and his, you know, when he spoke. He was not, he said, oh, yes. he, he said it was not, he did not find it to be very genuine. Yes. He said, he said he was basically full of, you know, his own narcissism and stuff. I, yeah. He was not a Murdoch guy at all on that. No. And we see a lot of comments that, oh, Joe is Team Murdoch because he's friendly with the Carpootland and some of those guys, but I don't know. They all, all these lawyers seem to be friendly. They all know each other in Columbia. You know, they all have been up against each other. Joe sued Alec at one point. And, and you see them all socializing, you know, yes. at the beginning of the trial. They're probably discussing some legal things, but they all seem to be friendly otherwise. Yes, right. I think most of them are because they know it is a job that they're doing. It's not, you know, it becomes personal sometimes, but defense and, uh, you know, Dick Arpulti has been on both sides, prosecution and defense. Uh, Gretchen K says off of Spotify, so sad that Joe's a confirmed flipper. Does that mean he's a dolphin? No. So sad that Joe is confirmed flipper. Too bad he is one of Poot's men. I thought he was a good man. Uh, okay. I, uh, I don't know. And also, <sighs> Can I just like to call people by their real names? I don't yes, know. yes, Dick Carpootlian. <laughs> yes, like when they do the, some people do the play on his first name, and I think that's just. Can they call him Poot. I mean, I, I probably have been guilty too. I don't know. No, I don't want to be judgmental. So call yeah, him what you want. Call him what you want. Uh, and I will say, here's the thing that I have found throughout these two years or whatever is almost every single person I meet, no matter what side they're on. I like, like at a yes. personal level, like just talking to them. Do you know I what I mean? I completely agree. Like, I really think Creighton Water seems like an awesome guy. I mean, he, he's got his band, his interest, like the he's, band. He's like really cool. Nice I would probably like to hang out with him. Same thing with everybody involved. I've not met one person that doesn't seem like a, an interesting and nice person. Oh, I've met one that's definitely not a nice person. But we'll leave that for another day. Oh, I, I'm going to ask you this off air. <laughs> no, you know exactly who it is. I don't. I'll mouth it to you. I still, I'm not good at reading lips. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody took some shots at you. And so that's, we'll just say that. Oh, uh, well, so that's I the mean, only person. I, I, can, I can take it. I used uh, to be I sensitive. Now I don't care. I know you can, but it wasn't nice. Um, there you go. So reach out to us, as I said, Impact of Influence podcast. Rate, share, and subscribe. And we'll talk soon, friend. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland news producer, and I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Maholovic, And now each week, I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an evergreen podcast 
Killer Podcasts, and Slow Burn Media production. Subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows.